Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Hello, and thank you for downloading the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This is a sermon entitled Guilt-Free. This was originally preached on May 16th of 2021 from the the pulpit of the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church. We're located over there on 210 Randolph Road in Kansas City, pretty much Clay Como. We'd love to have you come and visit us. Sunday school starts on Sunday mornings at 9.30 in the morning, and regular worship service starts at 11 in the morning. Come by, say hello, and visit us. We'd love to have you. But now, let's just hear from Pastor Philip Koontz with Guilt Free. Let's now turn to the book of Romans. Chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. The book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. If you can stand on the reading of his word, if if that's possible. I love the book of Romans. I love a lot of books, but the book of Romans, chapter 1, or excuse me, (laughs) I about got that one completely wrong. Romans, chapter 8, 1 through 4. And it says this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life is Christ Jesus, who has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And concerning sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in law that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. God bless and honor the reading of his word and you may be seated. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. No condemnation. You're not to be condemned. We live in a world that lives guilt Free, And that is the name of today's sermon. Guilt-free, that's the title. Guilt-free. Guilt-free of any sin. Guilt-free. Now that sounds like a good thing when you first hear it. Guilt-free. God gave us escape. He gave us an escape from our sin. He sure did. He gave us an escape through Jesus Christ. We know that. Praise the Lord God. You can live this way. We can live this way. But to the world... And I'm talking about the lost, of course, when I say the world. To the world, that's not good enough to the sinful 
world of the lost. It's not good enough. No, 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 no. It's just not. It's not good enough to go to Jesus Christ. That's just not good enough. He gave us an escape route to the, the road to hell. He gave us an escape route. We don't have to go to hell. But that's not good enough. Jesus Christ isn't good enough. Of course, I'm not talking in the literal sense that I think that. But I'm talking about to those who do not want to ask Jesus into their heart. That's not good enough. No, 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 no. They want to live guilt-free of the sin. They want to live in sin and be guilt-free of it. You know what I'm talking about. We, we see it all the time in the news. We see it all the time in lifestyles. We see it all the time on television. We see it in the situation comedies. We see it in the soap operas. We see it in songs. We see it the way people live all the time, even in fashion. We see it all the time. People want to live guilt-free. They teach our children this all the time, no matter where they're even in school. Live guilt-free. Live guilt-free. God, through the Holy Spirit, because that's a part of the Lord God, we know that. There's Father God, there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit, there's the Trinity. We know this. God, through the Holy Spirit, brings the feeling of guilt through our conscience. But the world today, the world today is more and more guilt-free of sin. They don't have that guilty feeling. You know what I mean? They don't have that guilty feeling. They don't have that. You know that old song, I'm hooked on a feeling. Well, they're hooked on a feeling of no guilt, even for sin. Why? Because they're taught that it's not sin. They're taught that. We're living in a guilt-free, guilt-free feeling, a guilt-free, guiltless society. And some might say, that's good. No, that's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Because even though God gave us an escape route from guilt, he gave us an escape from it. It's not good because most of society is still guilty, but they don't feel guilty. They're still sinful about it, yet living as if they're guiltless. They're still guilty, and yet they live as if they're not. And that's not good. It's like a person who is numb in the hand. And I, by the way, I, I, I used to work at McDonald's. You know that. I've told you that a hundred times. I had a guy, and he was high as a kite. And his hand was numb because of it. And he stuck his hand in the boiling uh, oil. And, of course, we had to change the oil after that. No more nuggets to be boiled in that. Well, let me tell you, he couldn't feel it. He stuck his hand where the nuggets were supposed to be. And his hand came out boiling and bubbling and all that. And he goes, whoa, man. Yeah, whoa, man. He wasn't a whoa, man. But I'll tell you one thing. His hand sure was boiling. Whoa, man. The world right now, their whole body is boiling. Whoa, man. Boiling is sin. But they, feel, they don't feel it. They feel guiltless. Doesn't mean that they are guiltless, but they feel it. Because they don't feel guilty. They feel guilt-free. Doesn't mean that they are, but they feel that way. Well, we know what Isaiah 520 says. That in the last days, the right will be wrong, and the what? Wrong will be right. Doesn't mean that they are right, but they feel that way. <laughs> I'm embarrassed about something that happened to me a couple years ago. I felt is if I should go home in the middle of my uh, hospitalization. And I felt as if I was supposed to go home. I tried to take the wires out of my noggin, out of my head. Well, they had to redo some things. And, and I'm telling you this, I think for the first time, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but the fact is, 
I felt like everything was okay. It wasn't okay. I felt like I was all right. Well, I wasn't all right. There's times that one thing will tell you it's okay when it's not okay. There's times I felt balanced and I fell down face first. Why? Because one thing told me this was all right when it wasn't all right. Just because you think something is one way doesn't mean that it is. When you go by the spirit, the spirit of the Lord God will tell you something completely different. But the world doesn't have that. Well, we know because I've said it a thousand times, and I promise you I'll say it a thousand times from now, that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We know that. It says it in Romans 3.23 and Romans 3.10. We know that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. So are we better than the world? No, but through Jesus Christ we can be. And by that I don't mean that we are better, but through him we can be saved and they can be too. We know that. But no, don't you judge me. No, no, don't you judge me. This is my truth, okay? Sure, it's a lie from Satan, but it's my truth. I hate that phrase, this is my truth. Your truth can be a lie, and it is if it goes against the word of God, but it's my truth. Your truth is stupid if it goes against the word of God, but it's my truth. Well, listen, Someone could tell you, that someone come to me right now and say, you're 6'4", you weigh 150 pounds, and you're more handsome than Pierce Brosnan. It's an absolute lie, but it's my truth. Well, then how come women aren't just lining up to say, boy, you're more handsome than 007? Because my truth would be a lie, and I know that, okay? The fact is, is you can say one thing, but it doesn't make it a fact. In the world, lying to themselves, saying that this is their truth, but it is not true. And we would be wrong to tell them that their truth is truth. Doesn't make it factual, folks. They may live guilt-free and feel guilt-free, but that doesn't mean it's true. It's a lie of Satan. And then the other phrase, which I hate, it sounds so stupid and even kind of dirty to be truthful. And this phrase is, you do you. You just do you, you do your own thing. You go out there, you do you, be what you wanna be. Whatever you feel is right, folks. It may feel right for me to go home right now and eat three blocks of cheese, but guess what? They ain't gonna feel so right in a couple of hours and I'll tell you something else ain't gonna feel right. When I get on the scale and the scale says, ouch! It ain't gonna feel so right when my pants won't button. It ain't gonna feel so right. Just because it may feel right emotionally doesn't mean it's right. You understand? I think you do. I think you do. You're not ignorant. <laughs> I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. Go ahead with your own life. Leave me alone. Okay, Billy Joe, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Just because someone leaves you alone doesn't mean that the truth is not truth. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean that what you call as truth is. Only God's word is truth. And what the world wants to believe and feel guilt-free is still guilty still guilty because it goes against what God made. Folks, you already know these things. I know you do. But so many people that we love, this world, they, I love the people in this world. I still love them. I just don't love the things they do. God loves them. He loves them so much he died for them. It doesn't mean he loves what they do. There are many, 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 many societies that have been down this road before that America's going down right now, and so many other societies too. The whole world's going through this, and so we know we're living in the last days, we know that. But so many societies have done it before. Egypt has done this before. Rome has done this before and doing it now. 
Greece has done this before, Pompeii before it burned with volcanoes and ash and everything else did this before, Sodom and Gomorrah did this before, and even Israel did this before. We know all these things. Don't tell me what I'm doing is wrong and sin. I don't want to hear it. Well, I didn't want to hear I had a brain tumor. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't like going in and fighting out once or twice or three or four times. I had a brain tumor. I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear I had to have my head cut open. My dad didn't want to hear that he had heart problems. You know, Brother Randy didn't want to hear he had cancer. A lot of people who are sick don't want to hear that they're sick. We want to hear that all is well and we're in Oz and fairy tale. But guess what? You'll die if you don't hear the truth. If you don't hear the truth, you might believe that you're happy, happy, joy, joy. But guess what? You're going to die if you don't get it right. Just because you don't want to hear it doesn't make it true. It's true. It's true. Don't tell me what I'm doing is wrong. I said, some would rather live in sin and think it's gold. You know, many people find what they think is a rock. And they dig it up and think they found a wonderful rock. But it's not. It's a horse's apple. And if you don't know what a horse's apple is, well, I'm not going to tell you. But let's just say that the uh, founding of it is, well, it stinks. But anyhow, all that being said, it is not a rock. And some people think that they find gold, but it's fool's gold. It's not really gold. It's not. What you think is gold isn't necessarily wrong is still wrong, especially in the eyes of God. Sexual sins in this world, and I bring this up a lot, and the reason is because sexual sins are still sins. All sins of sex are sins, and the reason why sexual sins are so horrible is because they're not just lies. They are lies. But they're lies that involve the mind, the heart, the body, the soul, your lifestyle, everything. And this deals with all sexual sins, heterosexual sins, homosexual sins. Some people change their entire lifestyle. It's even these sex changes people have, all because the lies of Satan, telling them one thing when they're not, they're emotional and everything else. It's all a lie. And I'm not saying that one is worse than the other because they're all lies. People committing adultery, people going around and changing everything about them. All because of the lie of Satan, and they believe it all to be true, but it's a lie, and it goes against what God has taught us. It's a horrible thing. And by the way, these are not worse than any of the others because lies and cheating and murders and all of these things, justification of it, unbiblical living, it's all, all of it is horrible in the eyes of God. Every bit of it is horrible in the eyes of God, and it destroys us. And yet people want to do it and feel guilt-free. Oh, it's my truth. Well, what you believe is truth is horrible in the eyes of God. Horrible. And I understand it. I do. I truly understand it because Satan has tried to convince me that it's okay to do some of these things. Doesn't mean that it is. Satan has tried to convince me that it's okay to lie. Satan has tried to convince me that it's okay to do sexual sins. Satan has tried to convince me that it's okay to, to, to curse. Satan has tried to convince me it's okay to gossip. Well, it's not. It's not okay to do these things. It's wrong. And God has told me and showed me that these things, all these things are wrong. And we have to know that and go by his word, his word alone. I used to know someone, a sweet person, a wonderful person. I used to know someone who bought fat-free cookies one time. They bought fat-free cookies and they were so excited. 
that they had fat-free cookies. This is a while back, back in the 90s. They bought fat-free cookies, and boy, they was excited to have fat-free cookies. Now, I'm not exactly sure what they thought fat-free meant. Maybe it thought that in their lives that having fat-free cookies meant that they would be free of all their fat. I don't know if that's what they thought or not. But let me assure you, fat-free is not the same as calorie-free. It's just not. It's not the same as calorie-free. So they ate nearly the whole bag, and they felt guilt-free for doing so. They just said, well, it's fat-free, it's fat-free. Well, they just kept eating the whole bag as if they was going to be okay and that they would, themselves would be fat-free. Well, this is how a lot of people live. They live how they wish and choose, and they live guilt-free as if there's nothing wrong with it. But let me tell you something. Just because you live guilt-free doesn't mean it's sin-free. You can feel guilt-free, but it's still filled with sin. And when we stand before the Lord God, and if we listen to the Holy Spirit, we'll know that. We need, even as Christians, we need to watch our steps and live correctly, not because of losing salvation, but because we know that what we do needs to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is with us and shows us these things. I don't know if you remember back in the day of 89, I believe it was, 88, 89, there was old Dorito commercials and the spokesman was Jay Leno. Now, believe it or not, back in this day, there was one Dorito flavor. Can you remember that? One Dorito flavor. And in fact, it was during this time they brought out the second one, which was Cool Ranch. It's kind of sad I remember these things. I don't know what's wrong with me. But anyway, they, uh, Jay Leno used to say, eat all you want, we'll make more. And this is the way some people live. They have sinful attitudes, and even some Christians, they say, sin all you want. God understands. You had people like that? Sin all you want. Live whatever lifestyle you want. Cheat still. Sexual sins, whatever it is. Do it, do it, do it. I'm a Christian. God understands. Or if there is a God, I've heard all the lost people. If there is a God, he loves me no matter what I am. Okay, he does love you no matter what you are. He does. He loves you enough. He died for you. He this doesn't mean that it's okay to do these things. We know this. Okay, we know this. It doesn't mean there's not repercussions. I was talking to someone earlier today, and I, I could go home right now and eat a whole heap of cheese. And I say that because I bought a lot of cheese this week, okay? That's what I'm saying. But the fact of the matter is, I can't eat it all. I can't just go home and, and eat all that cheese and not have repercussions of it. There's going to be repercussions of what we do, and whether it be for good or for bad. It's going to happen. It will happen. We have to be careful. If you don't feel guilty, first of all, let me just say this. Yes, God understands. He understands how you feel. He understands if you love yourself more than him. He does. But if you do this, you need to question your logic, your devotion, and your love towards whatever. Is it towards him or yourself or others or other things, things before him? If you don't feel guilty about guilty behavior, there's a problem. There's a true problem in your life. 1 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, that's 1 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. We as Christians need to behave new. Not like the old man. And I've said this before, and it's true. But I'm now going to turn to the book of Isaiah. Now, the book of Isaiah was when the Lord God was He'd had enough of Judah. He'd had enough of Jerusalem. He'd had enough of all of Israel. And this 
chapter, which I'm going to read the whole chapter, this chapter of Isaiah chapter one, he's talking to Judah. Now, I'm not going to read all of what he says, because if I did, we'd go into the whole book of Isaiah. I'm not going to do that to you. But you would be like, oh, here we are. Here's Wednesday and we're still going through it. But no, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not. I am, however, going to go through this first chapter and listen to what God says. He's speaking to Isaiah and Isaiah himself has to admit that he's wrong. Isaiah and others have to admit that they're wrong. It says in verse one of chapter one, and, and there's, um, so you know, 31 verses here, but I'll do my best to go through it. Verse one says, the vision of Isaiah, son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, uh, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. This is God speaking now. The ox knows her owner, and the donkey his master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Alas, sinful nation, my a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have proved, excuse me, provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They are estranged and backward. They should be beaten again, that you revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint from the sole of the foot even to the head. There is no soundness in it. Wounds, bruises, and open sores. They have not been closed, nor bandaged, nor soothed with oil. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire. Strangers devour your land in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. The daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hut in a field of melons, like a besieged city. Unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have been as Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the law of our Lord, you people of Gomorrah. For what purposes is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord. I am full of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed animals. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of male goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this at your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear the evil assemblies. My soul hates your new moons and your appointed feasts. They are a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. Now, let me just stop there for a second. He's talking about the fact that he did tell them to do these feasts. He told them these sacrifices, but their heart is not in the right place. They're doing it uh, out of habit, not because they truly love the Lord or putting him first. I am weary of bearing them. When you reach out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil from your deeds, from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. 
Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. He's telling them exactly what's going to happen if they are not obedient. And folks, our land is in the same position. People need to understand that if we are not obedient, this is what's going to happen to us as our land. Now, I'm not talking to you Christians. If you are obedient, then God bless you. But if people are not obedient, death is coming. Death is coming. Hardships are coming. Destruction is coming. They may feel guilt-free, but it doesn't mean that they are. I'm going to continue to go on here. I have a, about a, a 10 more verses here. How the faithful city has become a prostitute. She was full of justice, righteousness, lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, your wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and follows after rewards. They do not defend the fatherless, nor does the cause of the widow come before them. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel says, Ah, I will get relief from my adversaries and avenge myself on my enemies and I will turn my hand against you thoroughly purge away your dross and take away all your impurities I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning afterward you shall be called the city of righteousness a faithful town Zion shall be redeemed with justice and her converse and righteousness but, but the destruction of the transgressors and sinners shall be together, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed, for they shall be ashamed of the oaks which you have desired, and you shall be humiliated for the gardens that you have chosen, for you shall be as an oak whose leaf fades, and as the garden that has no water, the strong shall be as tender, and his work shall uh, work like a spark. They will both burn together, and no one will quench them. Now, I will not read any more except to say this. Isaiah, all throughout his word, all throughout his book, all throughout it, speaks about the guilt that these people have had, speaks about the guilt throughout this land, speaks about the guilt that people have had turning their way from the Lord. They were living guilt-free, but they were not guilt-free. And a lot of people live like that today. It speaks about God's plan and how the Messiah was coming. And he was wanting to set right what once went wrong, and he did that very thing. He set right what once went wrong, and he can do that for you today. He's done that for us, for us Christians, and if we will live right and do right, he will set right in your life if you will let him. He will do that. The world likes to try to use like a whiteout pen. They will use lies trying to white out things and saying that everything is right, everything is okay, everything is guilt-free, but it doesn't work. That whiteout pen doesn't work because that sin seeps right through and you can see it through that whiteout, through those lies. God can see it. But Jesus Christ came to right what once went wrong with our lives. He came. But we must admit our sins. We must admit our guilt. We must truly repent. And for us who already have, we know that. And even when we are tempted, we must live following God. We must not go back to that, not because of the loss of salvation, but because we don't want to live the way the world does. We want to live following God, following Jesus. And I've said these scriptures before, and I'll say them again. And the world needs to hear this. I'm saying this to you at home. For those of you who have not come to know Jesus, 
You don't have to live like you're guilt-free. You can live guilt-free, sin-free, not because of what you have done, but because what Christ has done for us. Listen to these words, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin, for the wages of guilt, for the wages of sin is death. But, oh, this is beautiful. But the gift of God is eternal life, Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's not what we earn because we've earned nothing but death. But Christ is giving us something far more. In Psalms 103, verse 12, it says, He has removed our sins as far as away from us as the east from the west. This was a foresight. But he did this very thing for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Praise the Lord God. Amen. Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Praise God. It's not by our doings, but he can take away our guilt. Wait, are you saying we're not guilty? I'm saying through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, he can erase that guilt. It is his blood that makes us white as snow, and that's all. John 3, 16 through 18, I say it so often, but it's so true. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, not to condemn the guilty, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 1 John 1, 9, I love this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to cleanse us from all guilt. He's ready to do that today. You are guilty. Jesus is not. He's ready to make you guilt-free because he is guilt-free. You can be guilt-free today. One last one on this position. Romans 10, 9 through 10. This is how we'd be saved. Listen now. Romans 10, 9 through 10. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, perhaps today you feel guiltless and that you don't need to be saved. You're wrong. And deep down, you know that that's a lie. And that is boiling to the top. You know deep down that you're not guiltless, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know that. Deep down, you know that those things you've been lied to about, you know that we all need to be saved. You know that. Perhaps you know that you are guilty, but you don't feel worthy of forgiveness, but you are. Not because you're worthy of your own actions, but you're worthy because Christ loves you and died for you. I'm not worthy. I'm not. I'm not worthy, but Jesus loved me and saved me when I was a little boy. And since then, I won't go through the entire list but there's been times I've made mistakes. There's been times I've lied and God has corrected me. There's been times that I've said words I should never have said and God corrected me. 
There's been times there's been actions, guilty actions, and God's corrected me. Why? Because I'm not guilt-free, but his unguiltiness, his guilt-free ways have saved me. This doesn't give us an excuse to live guilty and feel guilt-free, but this does tell us that even though we are imperfect, his perfection has saved us. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 8.12, for I will be merciful toward their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. I said the lies of a whiteout pen will not cover up your lies, but Christ's blood will. From this day on, you can be sin-free, guilt-free. In a sense, yes, you'll be enslaved to sin no more. You'll be enslaved to sin no more. Christ has set you free from your sin and set you free from the guilty status. Jesus has paid your debt. And when the day comes, whenever you answer to the Lord God, your name will not be in the book of death, the book of sin. It won't be there anymore. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life with the blood of Jesus Christ paid in full, paid in full. No more debt, no more guilt because Christ has paid the debt of your guilt and you'll be guilt-free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And once more, I say this to you, Romans 8.1, write that down if you haven't already, Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. If today you're feeling guilty about something that's been laid upon your heart, that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with you on, I understand completely. I truly do. There's times I feel very guilty. Guilty because of mistakes that have been made in my life some years ago. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit telling me to get it right. Other times it's weaknesses that I have. And that's, that's all right. God has shown me that it can be made right. Don't let your pride keep you from getting things right because you can do that. Be honest because the Holy Spirit wants you to be honest. Be honest with yourself. But at the same time, don't keep beating yourself up either. If you've already gotten that right, don't keep going back to it. Move forward and let the Lord God strengthen you. You can be guilt-free, not you, but Christ through you. At the same time, if you have yet to go through and go back to the person you have done wrong or things that you've gotten wrong in your life, let God get that right in your life today. Come forward today if there's something you need to do. Come forward and don't let the pride get in your way. Live guilt-free. No longer be held back by the chains of guilt and the chains of sin because God wants you to live free and feeling free from all that guilt. Don't live under the false life of this world feeling, feeling guilt-free. Be guilt-free. Let Jesus' blood be the key to set you free. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I praise your holy name and I thank you, Lord God, for what you've done for us. 
You've set us free from the sins that we have committed. Lord, if there be anyone here today or anyone at home who may be watching, who have committed some sins, who committed things, and today they need to set it right, I pray that they will. Lord God, if they need to speak to me, if they need to speak to someone and they don't know how, I pray that they will call me, Lord God. They know my number, and if they don't, they can look that up. But Lord, I pray, I pray right now that they will feel and know that you are with them. I pray for all the world, those of the lost, who have been lied to by Satan and the people of the world to believe that their ways of living, uh, whether it be sin or not, I pray, Lord God, that if they are living in sin and they feel guiltless for it, I pray, Lord God, that you will show them that it is not correct. I pray, Lord God, that they will not feel guilt-free, but that they will truly be guilt-free. I pray, Lord God, that you will help them, correct them, set them free with your key of Jesus, Lord Jesus, I pray this. I pray, Lord God, that today you will help those who feel held down. I pray, Lord God, that when Satan plays tricks upon them, that today they can walk out of here and feel completely guilt-free and know that they are. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.